This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back. You're listening to The Morning Run. Now let's discuss the outlook for financial markets for this year of the Wood Dragon. Looking back at the previous five Dragon cycles, for instance, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the FBM KLC alternated between gains and losses for each cycle. The last cycle in 2012, both the Dow Jones and the FBM KLC showed showed on-year gains of 10 and 6.6% respectively. Hence, what's in store for this Dragon year amid the lingering uncertainties ahead? For some thoughts on how the markets will perform, we speak to Francis Tan, investment strategist at UOB. Francis, good morning and thanks so much for joining us. You know, as mentioned, data from the past 60 years or five cycles of Dragon Years showed mixed signs for the financial markets. Will this be a bullish year? How do you see the markets evolve on a broader global landscape? Happy Lunar New Year to everyone. The start of the Dragon Year certainly brings a lot of promises mainly because we are also entering a new 20-year feng shui cycle, and this is going to signal a lot of exciting changes ahead. In fact, dragon years are also epitomized by activities and a lot of reaction. So just now you were talking about markets, but I think on the broader global landscape, we need to talk about the economy and then the market. So first off, I'm going to talk about economy. As a effect of what we saw over the last two years, global economies today are still not as fantastic because only 20% in my survey of global economies thinks that the next six months will be better than current. That means that 80% of global economies think that they're still going into this slow now, the growth in the advanced economies, we are expecting them to moderate in the first half of the year. But in the second half, we are likely to see some pickup. Similar situation we are seeing in Asia. Now, a key part of this growth pickup is mainly due to this tailwind that we are seeing in the semiconductor sales and also expectations that the Fed and other global big central banks are going to cut rates, hopefully supporting economic growth or prolonging this autumn part of this business cycle that we're going into. Now, however, one keynote is to realize that semiconductor sales are on a two-year cycle. That means two-year ups, two-year down. And currently, although we are in the up cycle of these semiconductor sales globally, we're already one year into it. So on one hand, although things are up, but just be careful mm. that it's not going to be up forever. Second point, on markets. In general, I expect the Dragon Year to be quite a bullish year for stocks and and in fact, we are even more bullish on fixed income. So markets comprise of various asset class. Fixed income as an asset class, we are more bullish, mainly because on the back of interest rate cuts that can potentially lift your bond prices. Or in fact, if we are even going to move deeper into the economic cycle, fixed income bonds will be quite okay, quite good. The only thing is be very selective and only go mainly for the investment grade bonds or as well as government bonds. Okay, let's focus on the world's largest economy, the US. The labour market was remarkably resilient with more than 350,000 jobs added in January, more than twice expected. Now, the US unemployment rate is also hovering at a cycle low of 3.7%. What do these figures actually mean? Now, to an economist, usually low unemployment rate means that the economy is doing well, everyone has a job, the labour market is tight. If you just drop hop, you can even get a higher pay because there are a lot more jobs available in the economy than there are workers. So workers continue to party, right, because of that. Now, but to a strategist or even to a CEO of a company, that is a warning sign because it means that, hey, my labour cost is going to go higher and higher. I need to pay more just to attract or even retain my current workers. Otherwise, they may just jump ship and go to another company, right? So all this means that there are pressures on my profit margins. So I want to clear this uh, misconception. Many people always think that low unemployment rate is good. However, low unemployment may not be so good for corporates. And at the end of the day, the whole economy relies on the corporate sector 
So one thing is that I was looking across the time series of unemployment rate. Usually when unemployment rate, at least in the US, is hovering at the all-time low, corporates are feeling the stress. And in this period, we're not just seeing high labor costs, we're also seeing high interest costs. So you were mentioning about the non-farm payrolls mm. currently in the US. Yes, strong non-farm payrolls, but it's mainly in the healthcare sector or in some of the business sectors. Many of the other sectors, including the technology sector, things are not doing that well. Although the unemployment rate is low, I'm already seeing some marginal signs of, I would say, loosening of the labor market. As we came out from a pandemic, a lot of Americans were quitting jobs, mainly because to avoid the COVID-19, but also mainly because after the lockdown was over, they were changing jobs like mad because the labor market was tight. Now, this sign is actually weakening. I'm seeing lesser and lesser American quitting jobs. And if an employee is not going to quit jobs, it means that they are pretty fearful about their future. Similarly, in terms of the number of job openings or the vacancies in the US, it is also coming down. That means that job listings by employers are coming down quite sharply as well. So although unemployment rate is low, the overall at the margin, things are getting a bit more looser as we are seeing. Despite the solid job market, the US national debt crossed the $34 trillion mark at the end of 2023. Are they able to avert issues stemming from large debts? I think that the US policymakers should be more worried about that. $34 trillion is a psychological mark, but then again, we came past from so many psychological marks. It started with the $20 trillion, $25 trillion, $30 trillion we thought. It seems that they are kicking the can down the road further and further. As long as the US dollar remains the world reserve currency and there isn't any other strong contenders to their reserve currency status, I think that the US national debt will continue to be kicking this can down the road. As we are reaching the next debt ceiling, well, they are going to approve a higher debt ceiling. So this is, again, we are seeing history repeating itself. Currently, the strong, the, the strong growth in the national debt over the last one year was mainly due to uh, extremely strong uh, government expenditure in 2023. In fact, I will personally say that that extremely strong expenditure was like a crisis-sized deficit. In fact, for last year, we saw the expenditure as much as half of what the US spent during COVID to protect life and livelihood. Main part of the expenditure was mainly on interest of their borrowing, social security, Medicare. But interest is quite scary uh, mm. because currently the government in the US is paying, they are paying $256 billion a month just to service interest and not P plus I, not principal, it's just only interest. And that amounts to nearly 3.6, 3.7% of their GDP. Well, it can be high. And I think the only thing that the policymakers are hoping right now is that, oh, maybe you can start cutting some rates so that the interest payables is not so much. Same as homeowners everywhere else in the world. Francis, let's shift our attention to the second largest economy in the world, China, where the economy is dealing with a slowdown amid weak demand and other uncertainties. How will China's economy perform this year? Will we see some reforms by the policymakers or maybe even some new stimulus? Well, the issue about China is that although they are positive in supporting the economy, but everything comes in drip feet. Uh, however, just this week, we are certainly seeing an increased size of more supporting measures with the PPOC cutting the five-year loan prime rate by 25 basis points. I know to many in the world, uh, 25 basis points doesn't sound like a big thing because the Fed just like to hike the cut rates in the 25 basis point magnitude. But for China, where many people are thinking it could be a 10 or only 15 basis point cut, this 25 basis point cut in the loan prime rate, which is their key interest rate, I think is quite significant to showcase that they are going to do more reforms going forward this year. Now, China, of course, at the end of the day, we have heard it 
non-stop that is due to the real estate sector. But I think that is bottoming out. Although I would say around 88% of Chinese 70 cities in China are still seeing a month-on-month decline in property prices. But I guess there's some bottoming over there. China needs the confidence from the retail market back into the equity sector. In terms of the exports, I think things are going to be still quite lackluster because I was looking at the key Chinese exporting countries. Their PMI is still low, still weak. So they do not have the capability to increase their imports from China. But on the other hand, because we know that China has been talking a lot about the circular economy, domestic things, onshore things in terms of the consumption is actually still pretty strong, especially after they relaxed their lockdown earlier 2023. So at least we are not seeing poor consumption. At least we are still seeing very strong retail consumption in China. And hopefully once stronger policy action comes in, we are really ready to see some of the light at the end of the tunnel for Chinese equities. Lastly, let's get back to the year of the dragon. Clearly, fixed income is the top choice. But how will equities perform? What are the challenges that lie ahead? So I was looking at the S&P 500 since 1928. And guess what? Since then, there were around eight dragon years. So for all these eight dragon years, I lay them side by side. I do an average. Now, the average shows that if you start off the first trading day of the year of the dragon in the past across these eight different dragon years, with $100 into the S&P 500, close your eyes, go and do something else, and you come back at the end of the dragon year, your $100 will become roughly $107.8. So a 7.8% return, not too bad. Of course, the other question is that, oh, I think that is the same for all years. Not so true because if we're going to do this interview next year in the year of the snake, snake years don't really do that well. Your $100 will fall below $100, somewhere to around 98 on average over the last eight snake years. So generally, equities in the dragon year is pretty good. In fact, I felt that the US equities have started a new bullish phase since the bottoming out in the the October 2022 sell-off. Although stock prices have risen by more than 40% from that cyclical low, the only interesting thing is that institutional investors have not really fully participated in this run. And I'm uh, tracking their weekly money market fund injection by these institutions. They're still putting quite a lot of money in money market fund and underperforming the equities market that has been moving up quite strongly. So if the Fed will start cutting rates this year, I think that a lot of these institutional investors will be forced to increase their risk exposure and coming back into the equity markets. Now, that is the positive side on equities. But I remember you were asking about the challenges. Mm. The challenges really depend on the US monetary policy because it's really so hard to predict. Because labor market is strong, but I also explained that a strong labor market may not be too good for future earnings per share, for futures ROE. So in fact, the longer the Fed maintains this high interest rate environment and the interest rate futures market keep pushing off this rate cut scenario, I think that a lot of corporates at the margin will start to get weaker and weaker and weaker. They have their wealth, they have their cash reserve to tie out these past few months of high interest environment, but how much more do they have before they start laying off workers? So these are some of the challenges that I feel will eventually come on to the equities market. In fact, although I think that Dragon Year should be generally good for equities, it is going to be pretty volatile. And as such, I think outsourcing some of the, the decisions into your own portfolio will be better left for professional investment managers that can make investing less stressful for everyone. That was Francis Tan, investment strategist with UOB. This conversation was brought to you by UOB Privileged Banking. Advice for what matters to you. We'll be heading into the news very shortly and then opening bell. But first, a quick message. 
Prostate cancer is often referred to as a silent killer because it can develop without any symptoms. In fact, almost 70% of cases in Malaysia are only diagnosed in late stages. What does this mean for men who receive a prostate cancer diagnosis? How far have we come in treating the cancer itself, but also supporting these men with their mental health? Find out from consultant urologist Dr. Peter Ng and registered counsellor Kelly Lai from Subang Jaya Medical Centre on Health and Living tomorrow at 4pm. Up next, the KLCI opening, as well as global market insights with independent market analyst Lauren Lequeux. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.